the science is clear and has been communicated for the past 30 years, but still we're not moving in the right direction. I don't get depressed. I get angry. What are the systems that determine the state of the planet? This is about us. It is about our future. All is not well with our planet. As we increase our pressures on Earth, we are now crossing irreversible tipping points. Holy cow, irreversible royalties as well. Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood. And, and uh, John, uh, man, we went on a journey before this show. We are starting it about 53 minutes later than usual. But but doggone it, if I didn't see some real heroic work uh, behind the scenes, but not as heroic as the efforts that go into whatever it is we just watched. What was that, a Netflix original? I believe so. Yeah, it's about, uh, you know, the, the world is ending. Oh. And... Uh, we well, we need to we need to at least at least hear the hypothesis that maybe the world's ending and maybe there's something that can be done to prevent it. I mean, it's Attenborough. Don't you believe Attenborough? Yeah, dude, that that's all. A, that's all I heard. That oh, was, that's David Attenborough's voice. I'm that was in. Definitely a big old surprise. All of a sudden, David Attenborough shows up. Uh, oh, by the way, joining us is uh, Hollywood's own uh, Meryl Barr. Thank you for in joining Austin. us. Yeah, Meryl Barr in Austin. Stop flipping in, people off, Meryl. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, John, I'm not trying to make this what's been a hard mode expert level, but I can make it expert level nope, if you'd like. You, you, <laughs> you will not. Uh, 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 and, 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 and we will hear nary an F word in our primary targets. Yay. Because it's all good news in the primary target. U.S. movie theater companies are sounding legitimately optimistic i phrase that purposefully because they've tried to sound optimistic before but we all kind of were like that sounds like laughing in the face of danger now it feels like they're relaxing a little in fact amc entertainment ceo adam aaron was so excited he quoted winston churchill in their earnings report saying this is not the end it's not even the beginning of the end but it is perhaps the end of the beginning Sir Winston won his Titanic fight. I believe that AMC will win our war, too. They're slightly different wars, but we get the sentiment. See, nearly ran out of cash five times during the pandemic, so it probably feels like the Blitz to Adam Aaron. Uh, Cinemark has weathered this storm with a bit more cash on uh, but Cinemark CEO Mark Zarati, while a little less dramatic, was also saying we are now actively on the road to recovery. Uh, Cinemark attendance was 7.7 .7 million last quarter ticket prices average seven dollars and 25 cents concession revenue per patron five dollars and ten cents and all theaters are ready for movies to start showing in theaters exclusively again at that point cinemark and it has now reached agreements with all five major movie studios that's universal warner brothers walt disney paramount and sony new window agreement they didn't give the details they said every deal is different uh, but the revenue splits from what do not appear to be much different. So there might be slightly different window lengths, uh, but everybody's got a deal now. Cinemark will also have a deal with Netflix. Uh, Cinemark, the biggest theater chain yet to show a Netflix movie, and it's worst show movie that Netflix needs to get in theaters to qualify for the Oscars. It's Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead 
coming to theaters May 14th, one week ahead of its premiere on Netflix. So a one-week window. Cinemark is going to show it in 200 of its theaters. Uh, that combined 400 other locations from Alamo Drafthouse, IPIC, Landmark, Harkins, and Cinepolis theaters. Uh, Brian, this this does feel like, you know, we're finally climbing the road to recovery. Uh, yeah, no, and, and I too shed a tear for something just as important as the freedom of Western civilization as I recalled the words of Winston Churchill upon looking at the AMC earnings report. <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta say, I felt totally secure in theaters coming back until I saw a CEO quoting from that because in my my anecdotal experience, anytime I've seen a CEO show brimming confidence, they are out the back door and everybody is fired. Get, get grab as much crap as you can and clean out your locker. Uh, We're done. I mean, you may not be wrong, John. This may be Adam Aaron going like, "Oh, finally." Now that we're solvent, I can quit. No one would have let me quit, yeah. but I'm out of here. Because anytime you see a CEO totally self-assured, you're screwed. Now, having said that, I will say that we spent nearly an hour in a, a podcast earlier today talking about the reality of, of what happens as the world uh, opens up. Now, in our case, we were talking about, are you comfortable announcing out loud that you're going to have a show with 20 people, 50 people, 100 people in the audience? And, and how does that affect your brand? But the mere fact that that we have uh, uh, me and Justin Robert Young uh, uh, talking about like, okay, when can we publicly feel good about announcing our next live tour? Uh, I'll tell you what, there are things you know in your head and there are things you feel in your gut. And I've known in my head that vaccines are rolling out, that things are getting better or whatever. But uh, I felt it in my gut where I'm like, yeah, when can we do a live show? And um, that was a, that was a curious sensation. Uh, I, I, to be honest, Tom, um, uh, we'll wait for all the numbers to come in, but uh, I would say the crunch of labor, notwithstanding, because right now we're going through a weird thing where everybody wants people to come back to work. Nobody wants to come back to work. That notwithstanding, I, I'm i fairly bullish. Um, it, uh, I assume the market has already corrected for it, but but if it hadn't, I would be buying stock in movie theaters right now. What about you, Meryl? Yeah, Meryl, I, what do you think of that? And and what do you think of the particularly the one week window Cinemark Netflix? I, I, I the the to me, the striking thing here is the Army of the Dead announcement, because that to me is a signal that no, the the sea, the sea change happened. And this is the confirmation. The fact that Netflix is getting that original, which is going to be their biggest original of May. Uh, their most blockbuster original in May into theaters, into major theaters, not just the occasional independent chain. Uh, is AMC next on the docket? Possibly. Like I really feel like this is this is that this is the beginning of that sea change we've been talking about. I I, I don't want to tip too many of the stories coming up, but I think uh, as we go through all these, like set the theme of noticing how confident both the producers of content and the theaters are that everyone's coming back. Um, and, and I guess that's the only hint I want to provide, but, but I got to tell you, I, I, I believe it, Tom, uh, maybe not, maybe not tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, but certainly by next Wednesday, <laughs> I mean, uh, metaphorically speaking, what about you? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I'm with Merrill. I think the most interesting thing is Cinemark coming to an agreement with Netflix uh, and saying that they want to do more deals with Netflix, which then I think puts a little pressure on AMC 
especially if a bunch of people show up in the theaters to see Army of the Dead uh, for AMC to be like, well, we don't want to leave money on the table. And I'm very curious what the deal is. Like, what's the revenue split? What is Netflix giving Cinemark to say, hey, everybody, the windows are smashed, but you didn't lose windows You've, you've gone through a world where you could have, and you came out the other side with windows. They may be smaller, but look at your revenue sheets. Uh, we can help you. We can put butts in the seats. We can bring in revenue. You, you just need to give us a different deal than the solid 90-day non-negotiable that you had before. And I, I'm very interested to see what kind of events we're going to have where Netflix comes out and promotes theaters. Look for that. Look for Netflix countering yeah. that narrative of Netflix hates theater to be like, Netflix loves theaters. And that's why we're only going to have this in theaters with this special content. Of course, you can always watch it the next week on, on blah, 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 blah. I'll tell you what this feels like to me. And tell me if this is too much of a weird metaphor for you. But uh, it feels like in person, Personal finance, they, uh, so some people advise that you every quarter do what they call, you know, rebalancing your portfolio, which is basically pressing a reset button on everything and redistributing your wealth evenly over everything. And in this case, there's going to be like, I feel like there are some losers out there that are going to lose their 90 day windows, but there are some winners where like Netflix is going to be able to be in theaters. I think that what we really. Yeah. I think what we also have is a we've seen examples ever since, particularly with the uh, HBO Max Warner Brothers thing. We've seen films that have done well in King Kong versus Godzilla being the primary example, like things are doing well with day and date. And so now that we know it can happen within a company's vertical, that means that why can't it happen between two companies that are and realize, oh, they're not competitors. And I think also, I do think Netflix is going to give um, Cinemark a better deal than some of the studios. Like, Netflix will say, like, look, we'll give you 30% at week one rather than the normal 10% at week one. Like, how about that? Like, they'll, I see them yeah. upping the percentage to get in those theaters. Uh, so I, and, I, and I mean, that's a huge deal that Netflix can afford to do, but also uh, really like makes the theater owners salivate a little right into their popcorn. <laughs> they're, they're they're salivating tears into their buttery <laughs> flavored goodness. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, dude, now I, I, listen. I, I, not go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Oh no, no, no! I was just gonna say. Uh, uh, look, we got a we got a we got a heavy backloaded episode. Uh, almost everything I saw on the stories is is after this moment, which is why you have to stay on the edge of your seats and give us a little bit of jingle over at Patreon.com/slash Cordkillers. That's where you keep us, or we wild. won't finish the episode. Well, or 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 uh, y yes, yeah, that's right. We're holding it hostage. <laughs> We have a radical new technology and the gun to the head of your favorite podcast. And we're not afraid of anything. Ladies and gentlemen. So make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. Just a buck an episode. That's all we ask. You get your own RSS feed. We'll you wait. Get everything is a rock block. You get early stuff and our exclusive Patreon only after talk. Oh, thank goodness. Somebody backed us on Patreon, Brian. We can continue oh. the episode with how to watch. Regular Court Killers listeners know Google and Roku have been locked in a dispute over the terms under which they will agree to offer YouTube in the Roku App Store, YouTube TV particularly, in the Roku App Store. In fact, it's important to know the difference between YouTube, you know, the place with all the React videos and chill beats and all that, 
from YouTube TV, which is a cable TV-like experience, ABC, CBS, Bravo, et cetera. Because the dispute is not about a revenue split. It's about promotional preference, and it's about control. Things like placement and search results, promotion in the Roku App Store, device requirements. Google really wants everybody to use the AV1, and they want to up the device requirements for YouTube TV to even be offered. Sharing user data is a bone of contention. And because of the dispute over all that, YouTube TV has not been available in the Roku App Store for more than a week. If you're an existing YouTube TV user and you had it already installed, you can keep using it. But new users can't go get it and don't delete it because you won't be able to get it either. However, at the end of last week, Google made a move. Users of the YouTube app, not YouTube TV, the YouTube app, the normal YouTube app on Roku will now see a go to YouTube TV option show up in the next few days. If you are subscribed to YouTube TV, which you have to do outside of the YouTube Roku app, you can select this new option and it will load the YouTube TV experience inside the YouTube app, which has not been removed from the Roku store. In fact, Google says they want to bring that option to other platforms too, not just Roku. Google also told The Verge it is, quote, in discussions with other partners to secure free streaming devices in case YouTube TV members face any access issues on Roku. Saying like, yeah, we'll just send them a bunch of Chromecasts or Fire TV dongles or something. Roku responded with what has become their boilerplate denunciations of Google as anti-competitive. This dispute is about leverage and control of the user experience, as I mentioned. And Protocol's David Pierce points out, it's worth noting that Roku is changing into an ad company, which is what Google is, Brian. Yeah, so first of all, um, love them or hate them, Yes, they're the empire. Yes, they're the bully. Yes, they're the big guy. This is a brilliant move on Google's part. Like we have seen these face-offs time and time again, versions of them with cable carriage disputes between, you know, local carriage of Fox or whatever, and they take it away or whatever. But Fox has never had any leverage outside of to say, you can watch us over the airwaves, pull out your bunny ears or whatever. This time they're all like, what are you going to do, Roku? Have everybody delete YouTube? Sure. Yeah. No, go ahead. Just delete all of YouTube. I'm sure that's not one third of all of your traffic. Um, it is a bold play on their part and, and purely no, no, no value judgments here. Uh, it's the right play from a negotiation standpoint. Uh, having said that, Oh, this is Goliath just punching David right in his dumb, stupid sling. Uh, it's, 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 it's a brutal move and uh and and poor Roku is getting the squeeze because they're 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 gonna lose their hardware position as cheaper alternatives come in and their advertising position is not as dominant or as sustainable in the long term. I uh and it's not like everybody loves the brand Roku so much where somebody gets a fire TV stick and says, well, can I get Roku on this? Can, can I have the Roku experience on my fire TV stick? Um, I, 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 I think Roku is in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. And if, if not right now, this is, you know what? A wise man once said, this is not the end. This is not the beginning of the end. Nope. It is the beginning of the end. And that wise man was me <laughs> just now. This is, yes, Brian Churchill. Uh, Meryl, what say you? This is dirty. This is a 
dirty, dirty move. I mean, it's hard to and, cheer for Darth Vader, and, but and here's but here's the thing. Not only is it a dirty move, I love and hate it because it uh, from a from a business standpoint, I'm like that is brutal. That is blood bloodthirsty. But as a former YouTube TV user, I hate it because that's all I wanted three years ago. Oh, you you hate it because they, they're late to it. <laughs> like <laughs> I would have, I would like I hated having to load the YouTube TV app separately instead of just lo clicking on YouTube and going here's the TV section, here's the on demand section. It's all the, the you're telling me they had this ability the entire freaking time. Oh, of course they did. Of course they did. <laughs> but uh, it's it's so yeah. Th this has always been about user confusion. There are elements of the audience like yourself, Meryl, who are like, yeah, I know the difference. Put it all in one app for me. But a lot of people were confused. Like, wait, I don't want to pay for YouTube. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're paying for YouTube TV, which is maybe they should have named it something else. Maybe they shouldn't have. But they had to explain. And having it in separate apps kept that explanation clear. This is cable TV, except it's called YouTube TV. This is YouTube with all the creators and all of that. They have gotten to the point because of this dispute that they're willing to say like, yeah, I mean, let's just put it all in one interface because we can. Uh, and there will be a lot of people who will prefer that, but it's not going to hurt the marketing effort because there's no YouTube TV app in this particular case anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, I have, I've, Tom, you and I both, Brian too, we have all watched the carriage disputes. I've never seen one get this, get this cutthroat. I mean, I mean, because you, you never had, had this much seen, leverage. It's 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 like it's like we've seen gladiator fight fights before, but they've all only had one weapon. Now each of them has like a massive arsenal, and they're so pulling where, out ninja stars so, and scythes. So and, can can Roku bounce back? Can is there room for it? What move does it have? Sell. Yes, they they no. It's not time for sale. Let's let's all settle down. Roku is going to finally is they're going to drag this out for several more months, and they're finally going to get to an agreement. This is what we saw with Peacock. This is what we saw with Warner Media. They're they're going to just they they already know how long they can go before they need to give in, and they're going to see how far they can push Google to make some concessions before they go ahead and reach an agreement. Uh, that's that's all they can do. They and they will. They they will they will come to an agreement, and the YouTube TV app will come back. And Roku is going to not win this one. They won, I feel like, with Peacock and Warner Media. Uh, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to concede most of this stuff. It'll be interesting to see what they can get Google to let go of. My guess is it'll be something with search results where Google's like, yeah, okay, fine, we can live with that. Uh, it's not going to be the hardware stuff because don't forget David Pierce's point. Roku is becoming a bigger and bigger ad competitor to Google. And Google wants to make sure that they can fend that off. Uh, I like that phrase, they're going to lose this one, because it reminds us all that that they got they got a lot more battles to coming. And for all we know, um, there's a new you know Google fingernail-sized stick that you just plug in that'll be out next Tuesday and we'll be freaking out about. Uh, but and there'll be some, well, there'll be some other company coming after Roku because again, they don't have the leverage. That'll be like, nah, I want to I want a deal, which is why Roku fights these so hard, so that companies don't think it's easy to pick a fight with Roku. They they makes them think twice before they decide that they want to have a dispute because they see how long these drag out. And also, don't forget, Google's been through this with YouTube. YouTube was not on the Amazon Fire TV. It was not on the Amazon uh, uh, Echo Show. Uh, it got pulled from the Echo Show. I mean, you, Google's been in fights over carrying the YouTube app before. So they are very experienced in how to win this. Yeah.
Um, All right. Shall we talk about, uh, oh, real quickly, Roku is doing very well for the time being, though. 54 cents a share, $574.2 million in revenue, up 79% on the year. They had previously projected a loss for Q1 and instead made money. Uh, The company added 2.4 million new active accounts in the quarter with streaming hours viewed up 8% on the quarter to 18.3 billion. So that's the other thing. Roku's got good momentum. so they, they're probably feeling pretty good about being able to not lose that momentum. And like I said, they probably know exactly where the line is. All right, let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Not like you it's all about location, location. Under Surveillance. Last Monday was that uh, Marvel-themed NBA game, and during it, Disney showed a new trailer for Loki uh, coming to Disney+. Plus. Also last week... Disney Plus announced it will premiere Loki on Wednesdays, not Fridays. So the premiere date for Loki now moves to June 9th. Yeah, I, 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 they had that video um, with uh, Tom Hiddleston that they put out, and uh, they talk about how Wednesdays are the new Fridays. Uh, I have to feel, number one, this makes sense from a release standpoint. Um, they probably have some kind of metrics about when people watch um, uh, for years, we were putting out episodes of The Modern Rogue, and and I fretted about when the right time was. And then one day, I finally Googled it, and it said, you know, you can actually see when people are watching The Modern Rogue and when the busiest times are. So the answer is two hours between before all your v- viewers are there. So there's probably something like that. However, poetically speaking, there is something, and I would be shocked if nobody makes a reference to it, about Wednesday's etymology. The word Wednesday comes from the uh, Anglo-Saxon god, uh, it's Woden's dog, uh, uh, or Odin's day. Uh, and Thursdays, oh, really? Thursdays is Thor's dog, or Thor's day. And so it's got and to be, Friday is Freya uh, which, Freya's day. So he's moving from mom to dad. Exactly. Right. I mean, there's, there's somebody good. has to point this out or I guess I do. I just, you just did. You're a wise man's once said, um, I think this is this, not the beginning of the metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is a smart play. Also, it's a good way. Cause Loki's going to be the weirdest show so far. It's going to be Dr. Who. Yeah. It's going to be Dr. Who. But like WandaVision had the benefit of being the first one. Right. So it's big, splashy, launching in January. Friday makes sense. Falcon Winter Soldier, you know, it's the fall. It is the Captain America follow up. Friday makes sense. Loki going on Fridays in that such a crowded market, even though it is Loki. It's, you know, the it's weird things. um, No pun intended. uh, (laughs) uh, Weird things on Fridays may or may not play. Stranger Things got lucked out, but not everything is Stranger Things. Playing on Wednesday in the less crowded market and being the big dog in that slightly smaller pond, I think absolutely will set it apart. It also sets them up for that cheat of saying weekend numbers biggest ever because you've launched two days before the weekend. You move well, no, because you're all your most of your numbers come on the day you premiere, and they will no longer be on the weekend when they premiere. Uh, yeah. So that- I don't think it's a I don't think it's juice in numbers. Also, you move your show when you don't think it's going to do as well, right? You move it away from the competition when you don't think you're going to cudgel the competition. That... So I don't think that's it. Cause I don't think Disney doesn't think Loki's going to do well. Here's my crazy theory. Yes. Loki episode five comes out the week black widow appears in theaters. What if there's something in episode five 
that is going to point directly to Black Widow. That is and they want very... people to have the experience of watching Loki on Wednesday and then seeing Black Widow Thursday night, Friday. Very, very, very good theory. And I like it a lot. That's pretty good. I mean, they would have had to know that Black Widow was going to come out and they kept moving the date of Black Widow. And now they know. So, so, so somewhere it finally got written in stone and then, they, then finally uh, er, all the rest of the dominoes fell downhill and everything else was able to lock into place. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Maybe. Uh, trailer is out for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. It's the name of the movie, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Woody Harrelson returns as Cletus Cassidy, gets his own symbiote. In the, th- in the trailer, uh, coming exclusively to theaters September 24th. Meryl, uh, did you enjoy the first Venom? I still haven't seen it. Mm. I'm like, because like it, I know what you guys said. I'm like, it, it, everything I heard was just like, I wa- mm. do I want to see did, it? I thought did, about did pirating this? it, but I didn't want to spend the time or the space on my hard drive. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but yeah, I was too courtesy to, too to Spectrum. Yeah. I will say nothing has made me want to see Venom more than this trailer, just out of curiosity. At did, this point. Did, did, did you like the trailer? It was, it was, it was much more entertaining. It, it sold me on a much more wilder, entertaining movie than the first trailer did for the first movie. Tom, what did you think? I, we watched it uh on on demand after it was out of the theaters i found it surprisingly enjoyable it's dumb there's lots to pick on uh but when it was free in my house already streaming on a service i already got and i'm like fine let's just put it on i think maybe eileen had to watch it for some reason uh for work but i was like oh yeah this is just kind of dumb silly fun and now i'm not necessarily going to run to the theater September 24th, but at some point I'll, I'll You'll probably watch on, Venom, let there be carnage. Hey, I hated this yeah. beyond words. It's the dumbest crap ever. When you have a villain that means one specific thing, i.e. the most terrifying being in all of the Marvel universe. And then you upend it like this. Guess what you get? Whitewash garbage. Tell you what, I got a pitch for a movie. It's called Gollum goes to law school, but the movie isn't about him going to law school. It's about his complicated relationships with two different redheads. I mean, I'd watch really it. I kind of, I'm, I'm not against that movie. God, dude, all right, I hate you all. <laughs> I don't know. I, this is a Next, just shut up and keep going. <laughs> all right. Hey, hey, how about this? Netflix released a trailer for season four of Stranger Things, showing Matthew Medine returning as Dr. Martin Brenner. Uh, the trailer is mostly life inside the Hawkins National Laboratory in what appears to be a flashback. We don't know for sure. Maybe it's a memory. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown's Eleven shows up right at the end. Looking uh, stern. Meryl, uh, did you keep up with the Stranger Things mm-hmm. world? Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your excitement meter for this? I don't know yet. Because the real issue is it's been so long since the last season that... You it's, don't, not, it, it's actually was in the 80s. That's how long it was. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm, I'm running through my head. I'm like, how did it end? Did not, it end? It ended with, it ended with they, they blew up a thing. Uh, spy, what, uh, are uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, sorry, they blew sorry. up a thing. That's, He's not going to swear. He's going to spoil. <laughs> It's worse. That's worse. <laughs> like the, it's just, it's something I forgot what happened. It's just, we're now officially out of that excitement zone and the show's kind of got to earn its excitement back for me. I, I will, I will attest to the fact that the trailer had a lot of excitement because uh, yesterday my, my mom, uh, Josie's grandmother, uh, 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 talk to Josie uh, about whether or not like the two of them were talking about this and I'm like I, I ain't seen it and then I saw it's like oh I gotta watch it for work I uh, I 
I think it's going to suffer from having a worldwide pandemic in between seasons three and four. Uh, I think I think if this was just normal on target here, season four, everybody be super excited. But it feels different now. Yeah. It feels like a thing from back then. I, I think that's what we're all reacting to when it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I need to get interested in this again. Uh, here's one that really was impacted by the pandemic. A trailer is out for A Quiet Place Part 2, which was originally scheduled to premiere March 20th, 2020. Uh, remember, everything kind of locked down and theaters started canceling things like March 12th. <laughs> and so like it just barely didn't come to theaters. Uh, the trailer shows some flashback scenes uh, about how the entire situation in the first movie began. And it hits theaters and only theaters May 28th. So there's a fantasy book series. Um, uh, uh, well, I guess I, I, something. There's a fantasy book series that I like a lot that does a thing where um, some characters die in uh, in the middle of book one, and you're like, oh, I kind of liked them, and then, uh, but the the series exists uh, about equal measure in the future and in the past, where it's either a flashback or or a current time. And book after book, I get more and more upset about those characters that are killed in book one. And it's, it's a brilliant conceit. And, and I, I, I can't say that they're doing this on this, but the trailer certainly seems like, oh my God, what if they do that? Where half the movie is John Krasinski still in it, like, like going forward and they're just different stories and vignettes. And then, and then also the future. I would love that. That would be great question sincere question did the first one go into theaters oh yeah mm -hmm. i yeah, thought it was yeah. like a streaming no, netflix a thing and i'm hit. like oh this is a perfect bite-sized oh, no, like movie and, to and stream it, and it was great in the it theaters was, I, I liked it oh a lot. see i i loved it well you know got a big screen surround sound and i live alone sure, i don't have sure. a family so you know don't have kids and you're already very quiet uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to be honest, that was part of the, the theater experience was everybody in the, th how often do you get a theater where everyone is quiet? That would be cool. Feeling it. And, and I, I did and love the first movie. I thought it was fantastic. Not, you can't really watch it more than once, but it's great. The thing you don't replicate as easily as at home, as I recall it is sitting there watching the movie and someone like a row over just makes a slight crinkle with <laughs> a snack twinge. and everybody's like, what is wrong with you? They're going to get us. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Meryl, what about you? Did you watch this? I haven't seen the first one yet, but I watched the trailer and I, it, this one, I, it's again, it's a lot like Venom where I wasn't that interested in the first one, but seeing all, seeing the reactions and seeing the material and seeing what's coming out of the sequel, I'm very inclined to go finally watch the first one and then go see this one. Yeah. All right. Uh, a few other notes here. The animated show League of Legends Arcane is coming to Netflix this autumn. New teaser was released last week. It'll hit after Dota. Dota's also bringing a show to Netflix. HBO released still shots from the forthcoming House of the Dragon Game of Thrones spinoff. The series is set 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Netflix released a Red Band trailer for Love, Death, and Robots 2 coming May 14th. Twitter announced new video partnerships to make live and on-demand shows with Billboard, Genius, Refinery29, Taste Made, Major League Baseball, NBC Olympics, NBC Universal News, NHL, Riot Games, and the WNBA. Uh, if the Tokyo Olympic Games do take place this July as planned, NBC will operate an Olympics channel on Twitch. Now, it won't be showing any live sports, but it will have highlights, interviews, 
and Olympic-themed gaming competitions with Twitch streamers. Wall Street Journal sources say NBC is considering selling its regional sports channels. This is like Comcast Sports, Philadelphia, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, or possibly putting them on Peacock. And a trailer is out for a revival of the TNT series Leverage called Leverage Redemption. First eight episodes coming to IMDb TV on July 9th. Meryl, I know you're a fan of that. Yeah, I'm. That of all the things here, I think the Netflix thing is really interesting. Um, but uh, no, yeah, yeah, the, um, the Love Death Robots. But uh, le- leverage coming back for both a business reason as a fan uh, is very fascinating to me because IMDb TV is basically trying to recreate basic cable in streaming, and this is one. This was one of the biggest hits of the 2000s on basic cable. Um, and I am, and I'm super excited. And plus, they it it looks like the old show. They've got the old cast back. All the old creators are back. Like it's it just feels like a more of the thing I love. Am am I reading this right, Tom? When you say Olympic themed gaming competitions, we're talking about esports. Well, it's not esports might be a strong word, but yeah, they're gonna have like a couple Twitch streamers on doing some video game competition that is somehow related to the Olympics. So, uh, but not for any not for any organized league or anything. Just sure, sure, sure. Just basically like a Twitch streamer streaming a stream. Well, I, I, I mean, to be honest, not 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 to not to go in a loop, but it's like, do you remember one of your first appearances on, on this very live stream was, uh, was we did, we did, uh, I think we called them the winter games. Like we did our own miniature Olympics. It was themed around yes, the Epics summer games thing. Like, right. um, that was a lot of fun for us and people liked it and they were silly games, but I can see some kind of un- like just all kinds of nutty stuff happening. I'm really stoked about that. Yeah. And it, it kind of depends on which which Twitch streamers they partner with and 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 whether, you know, who who they match people up. But yeah, there there could be some magic there. All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. What have you been watching, Meryl? Uh Mortal Kombat. The uh the new Mortal Kombat movie on HBO Max uh slash theaters. And I it's it's weird because I like the movie. I don't love the movie, but I want to see more of that world. Well, good, because they have huh. five of them planned. <laughs> uh, enjoy that. Uh, but it's like, the also, when, uh, uh, was it Scorpion? Also, also, it just occurred to me, you laughed as though you thought I was joking when I said five. They have signed agreements <laughs> oh for God. five Mortal Kombat <laughs> movies. Uh, and that is not a joke. I, so congratulations. I your, say, your wish is granted. Zoltan spoke. I will say this movie, though, gave me a great meme of Scorpion coming up and saying, I have returned from hell to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, well, I'm in. I'm there. There we go. But yeah, Mortal Kombat. Solid. Uh Hey, Tom, I watched uh, the new Lord and Miller, uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines on Netflix. Super yeah. great. Super great. Pacing, timing, comedy, uh, strong, cloudy with the meatball vibes on it. Um, uh, by the way, these are the folks. This the is brothers. a uh, series movie. What is it? It's, it's a, it's a two hour movie that I believe was, was almost certainly intended for movie theaters, but in the great pandemic wash, apparently ended, ended up as a Netflix, Netflix original. Yeah, apparently it was like an artificial 
uh, intelligence system that they fed every Pixar movie into, and it spat out uh, the movie that Brian tricked me into watching. Wait, you didn't enjoy it? Oh my! It God. was quirky. It was the quirkiest movie that ever did quirk. It, 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 it was. It was just like okay, let's. Uh, oh, there are four quadrants: young, old, male, female. Got it. Okay. In fact, wild yes. card. Got it. And okay. they all had such quirky traits. You'd be mis- you would be forgiven for mistaking them for being characters. Lord and they Billy have an impeccable sense of of, of comedic timing. It, it's like watching, you know, I, I, like if I describe Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin to you, like, so he just skates around and I'm like, no, but it's the way he does it. I'm like, okay. Uh, that's, that's the way it is with Lord Miller, where it's just like, just when you think, you know, they, they throw you a sideways curve. It's really great. The I way they it. use the animation styles in that movie, the, the way they oh, the fusion of like 12 yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's good. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm just going to mention that I watched Nobody, which we're going to talk about in Spoiler in Time. Uh, I watched Nobody after everybody texted me saying, have you not watched Nobody yet? Because I can't be your friend unless you watch Nobody. Uh, and, and by everybody, I mean Brian. Uh, so I watched Nobody. Uh, and you're right. You're right. It's great. Uh, everybody <laughs> yeah, go watch Nobody. Yeah. Welcome, uh, welcome to I'm the club, I'm not going to tell you anything else outside of Spoiler in Time, but you should, you should definitely... Uh, rent that don't don't yeah I know you're gonna look at that rental and you're gonna be like man I don't know if I want to pay that much no we're, do it if you do don't it. want yeah, it I, I think it was $20 for my rental on Amazon yep. and worth every penny yeah, and it was it was well worth sure watch it three times if and it was well worth hey, waiting an hour to see it don't, for me if you don't want to pay $20 to rent it spend $7 and see it in the theaters oh, oh uh, there you oh, go yeah, save some money nice yeah, there you go <laughs> Yeah, if there's less than three of you, go to the theater and see it that way. Uh, all right, what should we be on the lookout for, John? Uh, on the lookout, uh, there is a person. Rick from Orlando. There you go. Oh, Rick from Orlando, uh, the suburbs of Orlando. He says that his favorite tool and or site is... Uh, is this one right here. It's the Metacritic uh, premiere calendar. And he says this is how he uh, keeps track of all of his upcoming and ongoing shows because he likes to switch around. He's Apparently, he's not a binger. He's a hopper. He's like, well, I saw this episode and moving on to the next episode of the next TV series. And this is how he keeps track of it through Metacritic's premiere calendar. And it goes out for months and months and months. So you can keep right on the cutting edge of watching. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, there, there is kind of a, a, a few, uh, there's a lap that I go through. It's like, um, uh, uh, we like uh, uh, suppose.tv for, you know, conjecturing mm-hmm. about cutting the cord. We like uh, justwatch.com to find out all the services where you can see stuff. Um, uh, uh uh, and, and Metacritic is, is an option. Uh, Tom, uh, as, as the spouse of somebody who works for Rotten Tomatoes, uh, do you have any other suggestions? <laughs> for, for tracking, uh, don't use Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, sorry, but uh, I, I actually use uh, TVST, which use tra- uses Tracked on the back end. And I'm actually not sure. Metacritic might use Tracked on the back end. That's the key for me is Tracked is a distributed uh, database where you can switch your apps. Uh, so if you're like, man, I don't like TVST. I want to work with Metacritic. I want to use Metacritic now. I don't like Metacritic. I want to go to real good. If they all use tracked, then you don't lose your history when you move from one to the other. So that's my thing is whatever you're using, I would look for it to use tracked, which is T-R-A-C-T, not, uh, not 
not KT. Uh, I, I, I would recommend that because then all that work you do tracking all of the stuff you're watching uh, doesn't get Carries lost. Carries over, yeah. I will say yeah. uh, the Metacritic calendar was like a, a must-have for me back in my Forbes days. Like I would plan out my coverage summers, like seasons, like going like at the top of every season, okay, what's coming out the next few months? And literally, it was invaluable. That tool. Oh, uh, this just in. I, I will not eat tonight if you don't all use Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so so John managed to switch the camera over to me just as I was indicating to Meryl that he should eat the mic. So that's what, <laughs> that's what everybody just saw. That was very weird. <laughs> hey, folks, if you got something we should be on the lookout for, email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. And if you'd like me to email you, you can subscribe to my free newsletter. I, I send a newsletter out every Friday uh, just talking about what's been going on with me, uh, the podcast that I've done, interviews that I've enjoyed, uh, writing that I'm doing, uh, chairs that I've bought that I'm really excited about. Really like this chair. You can find out why I'm in my newsletter. Uh, and then you can email me and I will email you back and we can start a conversation. So do it right now. FreeTomNewsletter.com. And it's yeah. true. He's emailed me a couple of times since I've signed up. And he didn't charge you nothing? Nothing. Oh, wow. Uh, meanwhile, of course, and now I'm free. Speaking <laughs> of free, but we don't quite own them yet. Uh, thank you very much to our friends over at Doghouse Systems. Exceptional customer support. Doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Use promo code rogue at checkout. We get credit. Uh, and uh, thank you so much to our friends at Doghouse. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Netflix has a survey out asking users about features for something they call N+, a possible project which Netflix calls in the survey a future online space where you can learn more about the Netflix shows you love and anything related to them. The survey asks about potential content for N+, including podcasts, the ability to share custom playlists with each other, how-tos, music lists from Netflix shows in memoriam pages, user reviews coming back for Netflix shows, and influence on content development. Netflix told Protocol that the survey is part of a regular effort to pull the audience on things it's exploring, but it has nothing to announce at this time. So... I, th I think this is a good and smart imp Oh, shoot. Uh, we don't have enough time. Uh, we're doing short things. Anyway, uh, I think it's a good idea. Everything should be a fractal, uh, and they should drill down as far as they can. Uh, streaming services. Yeah, it's not a new service. Service. I wanted to make that clear. It's just it's just would be like a community. Well, well it's it's like an idea. So I'll go ahead and say. Uh, uh, so, so like uh, uh, if, if let's say, uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse is the, the big movie, then there's, you know, all of the, the, the podcasts about it. Then there's all of the comment sections uh, of arguing about fan theories of what things means. Then there's individual tweets about fan theories of things. Like basically it sounds to me like Netflix rightfully has figured out like, Hey man, uh, these are open niches. We might as well go ahead and gobble them all up and throw a big old N yeah. on all of them. Uh, but then the exactly. problem with uh, the problem is that hell is other people. So <laughs> streaming services and several actors and hundreds of other organizations have put pressure on Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which puts on the Golden Globes Awards and got the broadcast canceled for next year. Last week, the HFPA announced new policies to improve diversity in its membership. With, but Netflix wrote a public letter saying it would stop any activities with the HFPA until more meaningful changes are made. Netflix wants a code of ethics and clear award rules. Uh, following that letter, Amazon Studios and Warner pulled out. Uh, You've been following this closely. Uh, this this kind of unfolded over the weekend yeah. uh, and, and caught fire. And it was interesting to me to see streaming services putting pressure 
on award shows. Instead of trying to get into award shows, streaming services saying, you can't really do a real award show without us anymore. Uh, so we're going to throw our weight around. Well, the that I mean, that was that was a lot, but it was the NBC bit. They can't him canceling the broadcast. That was the that was the big moment for me when I was like, because that was the big threat was, is NBC going to cancel it? And they pulled the trigger and it's one. The real question is, is it a true cancellation or is this the kind of thing where they're like, we're canceling it? And then in three months they go, well, we got what we wanted. We're bringing it back. I'll tell you what, man, when you stand on train tracks and stare down a train, um, uh, it's a fake suicide attempt until you fail to move out of the train in time. And then it becomes a real suicide attempt. Viacom CBS said it added 6 million global streaming subscribers. So it now has 36 million streamers, which is halfway to their 2024 goal of 65 to 75 million. Most of those 36 million are on Paramount Plus, with the rest split up among Showtime, BET Plus, and others. Sports drove the increase, according to Viacom, including the Super Bowl, NCAA men's basketball tournament in March, the UFA Champions League. Uh, and uh, non-sports Oprah's interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry uh, also boosted the numbers. Showtime got a call out for having its best month of signups ever. Viacom CBS CEO Bob Bakish said that Paramount Plus will hit a pace of a new movie a week by combining theatrical releases coming out of window, like When a Quiet Place 2 leaves theaters, with sub-brand exclusives from channels like Nickelodeon, as well as originals like the forthcoming Mark Wahlberg sci-fi movie Infinite, which will be headed straight to Paramount Plus in June. Uh, the ad-supported version of Paramount Plus also launches in June for $5 a month. During its New Fronts presentation to advertisers, Amazon announced it reaches more than 120 million monthly viewers of ad-supported streaming content. That includes Twitch, IMDb TV, and live events like Thursday Night Football. IMDb TV viewership has risen 138% uh, uh, on the year. Yeah, they're hiding that IMDb TV number in there with Twitch. That's that's clever. Uh, Gizmodo and CNET reported on a new site called CanIBinge.com that not only tells you where to watch shows, but how long it would take to binge all of them. Uh, it's just a simple prompt. You enter the show name, a time period, and it will tell you how many episodes to watch per day to finish in that period. So if you're like, I want to watch all of Sopranos in a month, it'll be like, ah, you need to watch about three episodes per day. Information about the shows is drawn from IMDb. So if it's not an IMDb, they're not going to be able to tell you. That's pretty good. I like that. And finally, a couple of hardware notes. The PlayStation 5 now has a YouTube TV app and TiVo announced it'll no longer sell consumer devices like the TiVo Stream 4K dongle, but instead focus on becoming an embedded OS for TVs in, in competition with the Roku and Fire TV. Uh, when one dongle leaves, another one enters. Nine to five, uh, Google spotted a listing on Walmart website for an ONN branded Android TV 4K streaming device with what looks like the new Google TV style remote listed for $29.98, though it's not yet available to order. Ah, so the, the conservation of dongles continues. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's a circle All right, of let's dongle. get to the dispatches from the front. <laughs> All 
Ah, we have an email here from the host of Noticias Tecnología Express, Dan Campos, who says, hello, Cord Killers crew. Just wanted to share a news item about the streaming wars. So cinema's had a tough time with the pandemic, and it looks like since everybody prefers to watch a movie at home, nobody would dare to build new spaces to project films, right? Well, MUBI, M-U-B-I, just released images of their first physical movie theater. They've been working for years curating and offering special selections of niche movies on their streaming service. They don't have the most recent films, but they are well known in the film festival circuits by their curation. And now they're spending money building their first physical movie theater here in Mexico City. You can look at the project and some notes online. So Netflix might be buying cinemas, but now less known streaming services are actually building them Hopefully, they'll offer a similar experience to the one you can find at the Alamo Draft House. Keep up the great work. Saludos, amigos. Thank uh, you, Dan. I'll tell you what. I, I, I don't know if if they'll be building them, but they'll there's certainly going to be an opportunity for them to buy them. Yeah, Brian, you know, when are we they're, they're buying right. a theater? Uh, I mean, to be honest, like, like that's kind of the thing. It's like when you trust, that's one of the things I love about the Alamo, like as a brand, I trust them. And and when they, when they put out a trailer, uh, for example, there's that bonkers movie roar that a bunch of people got slashed to, you know, messed up by a bunch of tigers. And they're like, you are not going to believe this. And it's like, people are like, okay, I trust you. And they showed up and they're like, that was bonkers. Uh, I think, I think that's great. And, and to be honest, if there's one thing the uh, performer in me would love to see, and I guess you can virtualize it, but but some kind of host aspect to it, something about being there on the big screen, a little bit of before and after. What I, I think there's tremendous opportunities to do the crazy stuff that the Alamo used to do. For example, there was an, a, a copyright-free kung fu movie that I watched in what they called Foley Vision, where the, a live band played the soundtrack, and then somebody did all of the Foley work right there live on stage. They had actors read all the voices it was chef's kiss amazing and i want more crazy stuff like that that's not necessarily new shows no joke as you were talking about that i realized if there were a vicky theater vicky the streaming service that said we're going to show some of the greatest korean movies and come on down we'll have like authentic korean theater food and all oh I, we'd be there. we'd totally be there dude yeah, yeah. dude that would be amazing uh, yeah, I think there's a tremendous amount of space. Plus, also, there's a deep hunger, like in a world where everybody's seen all the popular stuff, and we're all hungry to go out, and we're all hungry to see something we haven't seen before, and I think we care less than ever whether or not it's old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're also hungry for fried chicken and japchae. That's true. Hey, uh, Barrel Bar, thank you so much yes. for being with us. Uh, where can folks find what you've got going on these the days? The usual, twitter.com slash Merrill Barr, M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R, where you can find all the good stuff. Double consonants, always the always. best. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash nightattack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children? No, not my wife. I know what you're saying. I love our $5 patrons. These are the people that keep us live and independent. Thank you so much, $5 patrons. 
You know what? I love them more than not life itself, because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. Thank you, everyone. You're heroes. 